guys, and welcome to another episode of Chatting with Kathy. I'm Kathy Kelly, and my guest this week is someone that I grew up watching on TV. If you were a fan of Saved by the Bell, you guys know him as Mr. Belding. He is Dennis Haskins, and I don't think ever in my life when I was 8, 9, 10 years old did I think that I would sit down to interview Dennis one day, but I definitely would have never imagined that he's someone that I would call a friend, and I have to say, he has given me more advice both personally and professionally than I would say some of my family members. I'm so lucky to call him a friend and I love hearing the stories that he has because not only has he had such an incredible career, but he's also a huge fan of wrestling. Our chat was so much fun. I think you guys will enjoy it as well. So without further ado, here's my chat. With Dennis Haskins. In five, <laughs> four, three. Dennis, I'm so happy that you're here today. Who are you? Ah, Kathy, how are That's you? That's so mean. No. <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're the person that poured an ice bucket over my head. Oh, yeah, ice water. But you ice asked me to. bucket of ice water. I Thank know. you very much. I know. Well, we did it to each other. <laughs> was I was fun. actually just looking at that video the other day. My doctor got so mad at me. Why? Because he says it's dangerous. Well, uh, millions of people others. did. I, yeah. No, no, no. Millions of people did it, but the, it's like a. I had no idea. It was fun. So we did for you people had, that don't you, know. Wait, wait. <laughs> well, it's the ice bucket challenge, but, but everybody did it around the country you know, yeah. about a year ago. But but you were like gleeful at pouring this ice water over me. Because it was ah, funny. I know, but it was okay. It was awesome. I love you. Um, so we never get to see each other in person nowadays. I feel like I even know. though we're, we're really close to each other, it's always yeah. over the phone that we get to talk. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we're friends. Yeah. It's a really nice thing. Yeah, well, but you're, you know, you're chasing your career. I'm chasing mine. and takes us around the country. And we have a, a, a new mutual friend in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Roberts. Yeah, Sam. He's great. Boy, so far, so exciting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to ask you, because people always think wait, that Wait, wait, what is this? What is What are we doing here? What is this? Just talking. No, it's but what, this is your what? Chatting with Kathy. Chatting with Kathy. Yeah. It's a podcast. Yeah. I love chatting Kathy. <laughs> I just, I know, I can see it, but people can't see it. I know. We'll take a picture in here after. All right, cool. But people always think that it's, it's, our friendship is very unlikely, but you've helped me more so than I think some of my family members in like giving me advice industry wise and picking me up when I'm bummed about a bad audition or something like that. I don't pick friends based on age. I, I pick friends based on heart and soul. And I, well, that's kind of heavy, but it's true. Uh, and, I came to BuzzFeed, after Buzz, um, for the wrestling show mm-hmm. a long time ago through... Maria Canellis and Mike Bennett and Jensen Karp, right? They were on the no, show? Uh, Maria was on the show and, and those guys were on the show. Um, so, so roundabout world of coming in that way and then you and I got in touch because they want to do some more and then you got your head on your on your shoulders. You know? <laughs> you, 
came to work and you knew your stuff and you and you had game and you had my back. So Can I tell you that that was so I had just started working for Afterbuzz full time oh. doing talent booking and I yeah. just started watching wrestling maybe a year prior. Wow. But that was one of the first people you were one of the first people that they had me reach out to oh, no to book on our show. Wow. So I was terrified. Like really? I yeah, cuz I looked up to you and uh, I I had watched you on anymore. TV you don't my look entire, up to me No, anymore. I still do. Of course <laughs> I do. But I had looked up to you for so long and so to, you know, reach out to someone who oh. I mean you're you're just a a guy I'm like just a guy. but you're an awesome guy thank you so it was well, terrifying well, to the me. other thing well I'm, I'm glad we <laughs> glad we overcame that uh, but the other the other nice thing was that was back during the time when people were trying to get me to be the general manager of Raw and mm-hmm. and it started knighted and started it started with someone in Scotland and Canada and um, they started rolling this thing out on twititions and it blew up. So that was pretty amazing. And then I rode through all that, and here we are today. Yeah. How did you originally get into wrestling? Oh, I was a kid. I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and, and there was a lot of, there was a local wrestling show mm-hmm. on, on the afternoons on Channel 12 in my hometown, and wrestlers from Atlanta, like Dusty Rhodes, like the Russians, like Saul Weingaroff, and all these guys would come up and wrestle in the afternoon and fight and cut and bleed, because that's what they did back then. Uh, gig and then go down to Atlanta and work that night and yeah. it was like hey pretty amazing it was theater it was it was the days man. of territories too Ooh, yeah it was big time stuff and and so I got hooked early on who was your favorite wrestler when you were a kid oh god uh, well Ric Flair was strong Dusty Rhodes you know I mean God bless him um, gotten to be friends with his son Cody and uh, I can't oh, I call him Cody off the air can I? <laughs> uh, star that's a good impression. <laughs> I love the guy. Yeah, he's so good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not just a. You know, you 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 watch these guys, and I know. You, well, I'll just go ahead and say for me, you watch these guys, and you know they got talent, and you know they got game, and some guys can work, and some guys are close, but some guys that have it still haven't found their niche, their persona, whatever it is, and and Cody like. You knew he could go. Right? He doesn't have just one though. He has well, I twelve different well, personalities. Well, I understand that, but but when he when he when they finally put him with his brother, mm-hmm. and that whole thing started developing, and then the transition happened to Stardust. He's he's not just a wrestler. Yeah. You know, I I sent him a note the other day. I said, man, I'd act with you anytime because he is one hundred percent committed to character, and and that is what makes everybody else believe him, what everybody else love him, and so. Uh, well, we're talking about I'm a, it's a great thing to talk about, but yeah. you know it all goes back to way back when when I was a fan, and now I'm not just a fan. I'm I I know you know I know a bunch of the guys. Yeah, I was thrilled to see Natty and and Paige the other night mm-hmm. because Natty is so good, and she doesn't get her shot a whole lot. She's always supporting or valeting or something, and. Um, the two of them have chemistry. Oh, completely. And they rocked it. I didn't see any holes. I didn't see any posing. I didn't see any playing to the crowd that wasn't part of the moves and the match and setting something up. It, there, it wasn't like, oh, let's figure out what's next. It was bam, you know, and um, 
She well, even, it, they grew up in it, so but, you can't but, but, really. Yes, yeah, true with with uh, Paige with her mom and everything yeah. else. But but you can grow up in it and not be good. <laughs> but but Natty even tweeted, even though she's on, on my opponent, I forget what it was exactly, but she gave props to Paige because it was a really, I don't care, male or female, it was a really good match. Yeah. I have to ask you, even though this wasn't in my, my plan of asking questions, what do you think of the Divas Revolution right now? It's a revolution. I mean, it's something that... Um, I, I remember meeting the Bellas after they had left for a while. I saw them at, an, at, an, uh, at the ESPYs. And they, they had a plan. And this was before Total Divas and everything else. And they were working hard. They were athletes and they were really good people and working hard. And then they came back in... And it started. And little by little, it, what, it used to be with like Trish Stratus and, and with um, who's... Uh, uh, Beth Phoenix? Yeah, Beth Phoenix. I did, <laughs> I did the Glamazon, you know, they're pressing over who back home in Buffalo now. and they, they would go through a couple, and girls, ladies, got three minutes, maybe. Maybe, maybe once a night, sometimes none. Now they're a prominent feature and 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 they come to to work they, mm -hmm. and they and they're developed and they're not just natty to me was the best overall uh skilled performer on a lot of levels but not the case anymore i mean she's paved the way and I, i'm sure they look up to her and i'm i know she trained people but good grief you know how about when when uh, nicole got hurt and brie just brought it you know, on her own, she just—I think she went up a couple. They've come of, a really long way. Yeah, they, and that led to, and I think I think Hunter is getting credit for developing this whole thing mm -hmm. through NXT, and Charlotte, who has family history, uh, but also all the other ladies that that are that are uh, really wrestlers. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not posers. They're not uh, good-looking, quote unquote. People who are in the ring to be wrestlers, or, yeah. or, um, but not that they're not good looking, but they're not, but they're not just there because of their looks. Well, we're taping this what two hours before the thirty-minute Iron Woman match at NXT oh. with Sasha Banks and Bailey, well, yeah. and uh, someone that we didn't mention, Sarah Del Rey, who's been training all the women down there. I think. Oh, good, is, good. Uh, I don't know that. So go ahead. Yeah, she uh, is just phenomenal. And can I just shout out to my buddy Solomon Crow down there? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, shout out, <laughs> man. I saw that guy when he was in PWS just sacrifice his body to make sure the fans had a great time. Him and, and Kevin, uh, Matthews just, their match was maybe 10 minutes in the ring and 30 minutes outside the ring and everywhere and, and barriers and, and oh my God, goodness putting their bodies on the line yeah yeah because that's who they are yeah and that kind of passion passion is what leads you forward in any part of your life you know you have a passion for this you truly do and you you are advancing because you love it and you'll do what it takes to get there you know um it's not quick enough according to me though i have no patience no. well listen you know what that is seriously that that means you're that closer, and you can feel yeah. it. You can feel it. And before, it's like you were learning and, and intimidated by people. Well, you're, <laughs> you're not intimidated by people anymore. Oh, still all the time. Like but, anyone I looked up to. It. You yeah. push through it, right? Yeah. Because you know what the goal is, and it's fun to do it. But also, I bet when you're in it, in the zone, and interviewing somebody, talking to somebody, that 
you know what that is? And, and this is a, something I learned from my acting. Um, when you go to a horse race and you watch horses and, and they're, they're getting ready to get them in the gate, you know, pick a race like the Derby or anything else. What do those horses do before they get in the gate? They're like ready to go. No, no, no. What? Well, the, the, they're, the, the jockey's on them, right? But they got handlers. Yeah. And sometimes they can't get them in the gate, right? And they're jumping around or some, some go right in, some kind of hop around or whatever. Once they put them all in the gate, what happens? They just run the race. And all that before it is adrenaline. It's not really nerves. It's adrenaline, knowing something big is coming. So all all you've got going on is that adrenaline, like, oh, here comes something really good. Yeah. Here comes something really important. And, oh, God, my stomach's kind of turning, and uh, you know, I got a little nerves. But once the interview starts, you're in it, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. So you've spent a lot of this interview thus far putting over other people, putting over me, putting over wrestlers. And I want to learn more about you well, because you, I mean, you've careful. told me what. Careful what you ask for. <laughs> But we've talked about. Well, I'm you know, from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Very proud to be from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. I am the alumni of the year at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga in 2000 without a degree. I, I'm a foreign language short of my degree, and I'm and this really is, this is kind of exciting because I uh, I just donated my scripts, my Saved by the Bell scripts, to the university library. They built a just incredible, incredible library, and um, they're going to have an exhibit in February. And while I was back there, I said, you know, God. I love this school. I do. I love Chattanooga, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Everybody, we just call it Chattanooga. Um, I love it. And, and it's brought me so much. And from outside of class, from being entertainment chairman of the school and being involved in the athletic department and stuff like that, it all led me to other parts of my career, music business and everything else. Um, but I found out there's some alternative programs that are developed now. You know, shoot, we're talking 40 years ago from when I was in school that they will credit you for different things, and I just might earn my degree. Really? Which I'm really thrilled about. Uh, you know, if it doesn't work, I, it's, I still love the school and all that Yeah. Does. But I think it just might. So I'll let you know when that happens. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So from Chattanooga, love that. Uh, finally got the courage to come out here to California and chase my acting career. I, I was doing outdoor drama. Here's, folks, life is a series of connected dots. You make choices, that's a dot. You make another choice, it takes you to another dot. But you, you're not like planning where the dots are. You're making choices, and they become dots in your career path. And then you look back and you connect all those dots, and that's your path. Yeah. Now, I went to Louisiana to do outdoor drama in the last uh, Paul Green outdoor drama because it was a big deal, world premiere and all that jazz, and had a lead in it. But ended up getting my equity card, which is the stage union. It was just a miraculous thing. But if I hadn't gone there, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. Having gotten that, I was able to join Screen Actors Guild because I had a prominent role in an equity production. And from that, I was on the road with Greg Allman. Well, the all, form, well it was formerly, formerly the Allman Brothers then. They were, they were broken up, and then we toured, and, and he got back with them. But in the middle of that, I had long hair, I had a mustache, I lost my razor, so I had a scraggly beard. I stopped to see my agent in Atlanta, and she said, oh, you have, you have to run to this audition. You're going to be perfect for this thing. And I, and I hadn't had an audition in a year, and I, I went out, and I got the first, quote, badass on the very first Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> And that gave me the courage to go to California. Yeah. But it's all about making choices. It's mm-hmm. all about going forward and, and staying in touch with people and, you know. It's crazy how it works, you know. Was there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you wanted to be in the entertainment industry? I I, I didn't really want to be in the entertainment industry. Okay. I wanted to be an actor. Okay. 
I had two two dreams. One was to play college basketball. I made it to uh, for my I walked on it. I actually was allowed to walk on to the Tennessee University of Tennessee Knoxville freshman team. I went through this outrageous practice that just they brought out a bucket just for me to throw up into. Yeah, it was like you know, that's how hard we went. Yeah. I was just depleted. I've been sick the whole week. What are you going to do? Um, the next day they kept me. There were twelve of us. Six scholarships, six non-scholarship. If this is boring, you tell me. But then uh, the next day I got cut. So they kept 10 guys, really? not 12. So rather than accept that no, or no, you can't play for us, I talked to the Leon Ford in Chattanooga. He allowed me to walk on to Chattanooga the next year, and he became my advisor, and, and then I went into theater. I always wanted either. So I made college basketball one of my goals, and then the other thing was I wanted to be an actor. And... A lot of distractions, a lot of things along the way, but I never give up on that. And I finally, because of those things like Louisiana, getting my equity car, buying my SAG car, getting Dukes, that gave me the courage to go to California, and I've been here ever since. So the entertainment thing is really uh, all-inclusive to part of what I was doing, which is to be an actor. I love to act. It's my yeah. passion. And how far along was it before Saved by the Bell came along? Well, now it's interesting because this is, kind of goes back for a second. When I did the very first Dukes of Hazard, that was like 1979 in Atlanta, and I'm riding back in a car from the set with Sonny Schroyer, who was Enos, and Kathy Bach, and Tom Wopat, and John Schneider, and those guys were all in a van. And I said something, I won't forget what I said, but Kathy said, well, it took me eight years to get here. And I thought, well, okay, I'm learning every day. And uh, it took me eight years for when I got to Los Angeles. It's funny to getting in a musical that led to producers, uh, the uh, fellow cast member telling me about this audition and producers come to see me and I ended up on Good Morning Miss Bliss. And that changed my life. Mm -hmm. I've heard from many people that it takes 12 years to become an overnight success. You know, uh, that's... And uh, I know that everyone's path is different, yeah. but well, people um, always think... Yeah, the overnight success thing, I mean, that's people laugh at it because clearly you have to lay foundation you have to do a lot of stuff now some people are quote discovered they have something natural or they uh, are in the right place right time and get something you think wow they didn't earn that well you know what it's it's theirs it's not yours you can't if it's somebody else's it's, it never was yours so yeah things can happen quick to some people and you go oh, man I wish you know because you want that stuff and everything but it's not your path you know, it wasn't your turn. It was somebody else's turn. Now, you can improve yourself and get better and get stronger until it is your turn. When when I was doing Angry Housewives down in, in a, a small theater, the cast theater before it moved, um, we were working out every night. We were going to the actor's gym, is what I call it, every night, five nights a week. And we had a hit show. It was going crazy. And I was in acting shape when I got this opportunity. And I still had to go through seven auditions and went to the network and didn't get it uh came out knew i hadn't gotten it knew i could have given a little more and, and called a representative of mine at the time i don't want to be real specific and said hey you got to get me back in there and they said well sometimes you just have to move on and i hung up on them and i went i was still on the nbc lot which is where they were casting found a house phone picked up and said uh good morning miss bliss please connected me to the production office uh, Peter Engel, please. He was the executive producer. Who's calling? Dennis Hassis. He got on the phone. And his nickname, he he was the creator of Saved by the Bell and uh, Good Morning, Miss Bliss. 
And his nickname was the Effendi. You know, like out in Egypt, the Effendi. And they fan him and all that kind of stuff. I said, Effendi, how would I do? And he goes, you did great. We're going to bring you back. And he later told me that when I called him and showed him how much I wanted this thing, he decided to bring me back. Now, if I wasn't any good, no phone call's going to work. So you got to you got to be ready for the most part. But anyway, that's a long answer to a short. Question. I love that though, not accepting no for an answer. I, do away with the no people in your life. Nobody knows what that passion is burning inside you. Nobody. Mm-hmm. You've got. It. I tell myself no a lot though. I think nowadays. Why? Just because of like I don't know how how you got over this, but with rejection in the industry and getting a lot of it, how you do you, how do you it. overcome that? You don't get over it. You don't. It hurts you. It hurts your feelings. Or you get something and you go, oh, I wish I could have gotten that. But you just, it just, you have, that you are the product. We're being self-indulgent. Right? <laughs> We're talking about our well, feelings. Well, I think that a lot of people, this relates whether they're in the industry or whether it's a job opportunity in some other kind of workforce. Like, everyone goes through rejection, whether it's a, a girl or a guy that, you know, you're you're interested in. You can only control so much. Mm-hmm. And I found out that as the product, people are going to be telling you no, saying, no, we don't want you. Well, it's not that they don't want you personally. You didn't fit what they were looking for for the part, or you weren't good enough, or whatever. So my teacher was a lady named Joan Darling, and I owe a lot to her. You know what she taught me, and how she took care of all of us, and and, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, cultivated our our personal being as well as our acting ability. And she told a story one day. She said, "She listen. She had a therapist, and she would talk to her therapist all the time. And her therapist said, I 'I don't understand actors.' She goes, "What? You guys say you want to act? Yeah." Well, you pass up chances to act all the time. What are you talking about? Auditions. Well, come on. And the lady said, you go into an audition trying to get the job, but you pass up the opportunity. You have an audience. You have people that are sitting there waiting on you. You can perform this role as you would if it was yours. So enjoy the opportunity to perform, and you'll get the job. Yeah. And that's the difference. You can still do your best and have the experience for opportunities, and if it's not your turn or they pick somebody else because they match up differently than somebody else, it doesn't mean you did a bad job. So you just and you get that opportunity to perform all the time. So that's how I started dealing with it, and I got to also uh, get some work. You know, I mean, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, but and but getting getting the job is scary because you you. Yeah, you got the job, but then you got to deliver. Yeah, and there's a lot more pressure. It's different. It's not in a room with people sitting in chairs watching you. It's on a set, and I had to learn how to act again. I had to, you know, thanks to Joan, I learned how to make choices and support my work and things like that, all the things that are boring nobody wants to know about. They just want to see you do your job. You've been getting experience and learning how to do things. And I would also, by the way, with Joan, she was also director. And she would say to the class, you guys see anything and anything I'm doing, let me know. And, and I would do that. She was doing a thing called Love American Style. And I, and I said, Joan, is there anything for me? And she goes, eh, I don't know. Well, maybe. And so I went. she let me audition. Yeah. But I think it's because she saw how hard I was working and trying. And I know how hard you work and you try. So long story short, I didn't wait on agents to get me work. I tried to find work myself. And now I'm blessed to have somebody that's really good and cares about me and believes in me and works for me. 
outside of being Mr. Belly, in addition to being Mr. Belly. I don't deny it. I love that, and, and I'm grateful for it. Some people want, want to run from that. I'm very grateful. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're getting your legs. One of the best pieces of advice that you've given me over our years of friendship was to walk into an audition like you've already booked the job. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what I was just talking about. Go in there like it's yours mm -hmm. and do it like you would do it. Because they want to see if you can deliver, and they want to see how you do the job. Instead of you, uh, you get it, you're in your head instead of in your heart. And, and if you're thinking about stuff, oh, here, here's what I think they would like to see, or or only do, you know, and you get all ex nervous about the audition. Yeah, you still have that adrenaline. You question your choices though, and you, you have that adrenaline going on. But you got to make your choices and live with them, and then do the gig. Mm -hmm. Do the gig. And you'll show them how you not would do the gig, how you do the gig. And it feels like it's a little switch, but it's a big switch. Yeah. Know. Now, you know, I don't, I'm not working as much as a lot of people, but I work more than some. And I've gotten to work with Charlize Theron and Seth MacFarlane and, and Neil Patrick Harris and all these people. And it's not every day for me, but you know what? When it comes, it's pretty darn special. Got a film coming out uh, in November uh, up on the woof top. Woof. <laughs> Well, a little little dog wants to be a reindeer, and he didn't listen to no. You know, it's a great family film. Uh, and by the way, you'll see me as Santa and about 60 pounds heavier there than I am now. So You've uh, lost some weight, right? I've lost some weight. I, I uh, and, and people have let me know I was gaining weight over the years, which is okay, you know, because they have their who they want me to be. And then some people genuinely were concerned with the weight gain. And I got pretty heavy for me, you know, and I, and I was like, my doctor was concerned, and I went to... Uh, uh, Dr. Corman and his weight loss center, and, and we've worked on some stuff and done some things, and um, so far so good. I'm down 58 pounds. Congratulations! So, but I feel better. It's about yeah. my health. It's about my health, you know. But it's not about getting acting work, although I may benefit from that. It's about health. Mm -hmm. So it's about food choices and things like that. But I'm just saying, you'll see me there as Santa Claus, and you saw me as a reverse Santa with Zoe Deschanel. I thought, uh oh, too many Santa rules. <laughs> I need to uh, I need to work on this, so I do. Well, and how I met your mother, you were a judge. Yes, That's I was. That's not a Santa. I know, but but <laughs> I, I was a, a puffy cheek judge. So, yeah, that was, I love. Listen, there was a woman on that show who was the director and also co-executive producer, Pamela Fryman. Just an incredible human being. When she came on that set, the crew. Just got energized. She didn't yell and scream, and they were like, "You could." I get chills right now thinking about it because the experience was unbelievable. It was this kind of vibe that starts like you can feel it, and then it builds it, and everybody goes, "Yeah!" And then she goes, "Let's go to work," and work was fun. Well, with a show that's gone on that long, like it went on for what seven seasons or yeah, long, longer long than time. that, but. So many people who are actors who are on a show for that long, they get drained, they don't like the show by the end of it, and that just seems like it was one of those productions where everyone was genuinely happy, even in the final seasons. Well, whether they were genuinely happy or not, they were good enough to do their job to make it look like they were, mm -hmm. and I think they were, I'm not saying they weren't, but some cases people really don't even get along and they have to act like they love each other. I mean, it's kind of hard to do. But I wanted to add one other note with Pamela Fryman that a young man that uh, played a character a long time ago with blonde hair and kind of sidewalls and with another group of kids and had a principal 
is starring in her new series on NBC, Mark Paul Gosselaar. And she is directing and co-executing that thing. So, man, I, this got to be good. Yeah. It's got to be good. What's it called? I don't know the name of it. Oh. I can look it up. But. I want to look it up. You guys look it up. <laughs> look up. The series coming up on NBC is coming up real soon. Uh, that Mark Paul Gosselaar is one of the stars of, and Pamela Fryman. Remember that name, Pamela Fryman, F-R-Y-M-A-N. The behind the scenes, you know, and, and you know this. They don't get enough credit, too. There's so many people. I want James Best, who passed away recently, was Sheriff Roscoe the Dukes of Hazzard, just a wonderful guy and helped me a lot. One, I was in his acting class when I first got to Los Angeles. And he said to me, uh, to all of us, make friends with the crew. He wasn't saying, like, butter them up or any, but just acknowledge they exist. Mm-hmm. They're out there working for you. It isn't just about you. It isn't just about being an actor. It's not just about being a host or hostess. Right? Host, like, actress generic for men and women, so host generic for men and women. Um, and I, he, he said, I had, he's had this thing where he goes, when you're, I was going to do this job, my second job in town, and he said, look at the guy who's, got, who's your camera, the guy who's going to film you, because there's several cameras, and, and put a, your left arm across your waist and your right arm up in the air beside you, and it's going to look like, I'm trying to give you guys a visual, it's going to look like you're asking him, what's my frame line? Where are you shooting me? And then I did that, and the guy goes, oh, no, no, it's a little closer. And he tightened it up, and he was like, then he was helping me. He goes, hey, Dennis, cutting your hair. So you know kind of the frame, um, but it, but then I was creating with somebody else, and you always are. It helps you be a better actor, too. Yeah. It makes the product better at yeah. the end of the day. How about that? There's a story. <laughs> I bet you didn't know this is the connect the dots path this interview was going to take. Yeah. Talking about you now. <laughs> but you work with sound. You work with a producer. Mm-hmm. You work with somebody that helps you go and, and that you count on. You know they're there watching out for you. And they maybe tour, you know, you're into questions and they start, okay, we're counting you down. You got five. You got I, I think I've learned so much more from editing and producing things than I have from hosting myself. What about Maria? She, I mean, she's incredible. Yeah. She's one of the reasons, if not the reason why I wanted to get into the industry. Wow. I remember. I love her. Not talking too much about myself, but. No, I asked uh, you. When I was in, in high school, I was not the cool kid. I was bullied a lot. Oh. And my wow. escape was watching television. Wow. And so I wanted to. You weren't to, the cool kid? Oh, far from it. People screwed <laughs> up, man. All you I, guys screwed up. Glasses and braces twice. If you could see what I'm looking at. I'm not perving out here. I'm just saying, as a gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous, wonderful, vibrant human being that you guys missed out on. I'm just telling but you. But that was honestly like I I would go home and I would watch TV and like that was watch? my escape. What, was, what would you watch? Oh, uh, after school TRL was my like go to with uh, and, uh, with Carson. Uh, it was after, after Carson. Carson. It was uh, Damian Fahey, Vanessa Lachey, now oh, yeah. Vanessa Manillo. Uh, Caduce, Lala, and then um, on the weekends, Maria was on ET on VH1, oh, okay. um, and I just remember looking up to all of those, that crew. Maria, someone didn't take no. Maria was working with Mario on Extra. Something happened. They split. She is now on e. charging yeah. ahead on E. There's a great example. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't know what's... Listen, there's a lot of stuff's not in your control. Mm-hmm. All you can do is your best. Yeah. But to think, like, when I was 15, 16 years old to work for the person that I looked up to most cool, when huh? I was that age now, like, that's... It's not even real. And like, Kevin, it's not real life. Kevin, yeah. Yeah. He's incredible. Um, but... 
I wanted to talk about your you're very passionate about theater. We talked about that earlier. Uh, and you're still you love it. I like love whenever you go York, to New York. Going to New York next week and I and I'm going to go uh, what am I saying? Uh, I'm seeing a view from the bridge which uh, by the way in my 20s I directed a version of like Really? I, well, I was doing outdoor drama and as one of the leads in the show uh, they had a, a late night theater and uh, that the other actors could be involved in that weren't leads, and so we got to direct that. And I picked a view from the bridge. I don't know why. I because from school I had it. And I loved the play. So now there's a brilliant production number. So I get to go back and revisit that. That'll be fun. And I got one more trip to New York uh, around my birthday uh, next next month, and I get to see Al. Birthday's Pac- coming up. Yeah, Al, <laughs> Al Pacino. I'm gonna see Al Pacino. Golly, and I get to see Hamilton and. Uh, which is like the monster hit. I, I love the theater. What are some of your all-time favorite productions? There's one right now that's amazing. Uh, Something Rotten. That these guys, I've heard such good things uh, about that. I saw it uh, one of my previous trips, and it's exciting. It's fun. The actors and actresses are, are amazing, and and they have a joy they bring to the show. And, and I don't even know how to describe <laughs> it. There's a standing ovation in the middle of the first act. What? Yes. It's pretty cool. Now, some audiences get to experience live television when they're watching, but they stop and start and stop and start theater. Once you start, it's not over till you it's over. You have to perform. Yeah, it's not over till it's over. You, you There's no like, uh, could we do that take again? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. But, you know, we're all actors in, in, in a role. When I started on Saved by the Bell, because Miss Bliss was on stage nine. Saved by the Bell was on stage three at NBC Burbank, where Leno eventually was. But across the hall was The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And in that hallway across from me was the wardrobe room. Mr. Carson used to stop by my dress. Oh, not stop by my dress, but he stopped at wardrobe. And every occasion I see him, I go, hey, Mr. Siegel, how you doing, young man? Um, I couldn't believe it. Cause An I, icon. Yeah. Uh, hello. But the wardrobe lady said to me, you know who was in that dressing room last week? I said, no. She was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I said, oh. You know, you know who was there before? And there was um, CPO Sharkey, and there was all these other shows. And I go, oh, I get it. They come and they go. So, yeah, enjoy it while it's there, and then keep moving. I mm-hmm. mean, you got all the, you know, shows don't last forever, and you and actors go from role to role to role, as I do. And you don't just host one show. You host several things or events or whatever. But it's, uh, boy, I've been really lucky. You know, that was pretty. And I was actually on a game show called Scrabble. I was trying to make money. You yeah. Know, I, I And Scrabble was on stage three in NBC Burbank. And they had, they are very careful with control of contestants and who you can see and who you can talk to. And I ended up, when we went on stage three, getting Chuck Woolery's dressing room, who was the host of Scrabble, where I had been a contestant <gasps> and won $5,000. And it saved me and kept me going for a while. That's I mean, crazy. Out of that, you get 2500 and somehow you pay the rent and pay yeah. your car note and all that jazz. But how crazy is that? You know? fun stuff it's one of those fateful moments i just you know if you're going forward and your intentions are good and, and you're not you know a horrible human being and, <laughs> and, uh, hopefully that's you know most of you out there uh, uh it, you know some people get ahead who are not nice people but uh, it's not me to judge or decide or it's not our fate you know so we're pretty good people here you know we're nice i people. think so you know my mom we'll thinks so probably have our moments so. <laughs> And we don't want to ask those kids in high school that thought didn't think you were whatever they're mean to you. It turned out pretty good, Kathy Kelly. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I, you can't see what she did with her hands. She's a little debutante kind of under the chin thing. 
I'm okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so for people that do want to get into the industry, what uh, advice do you do you give them? Make sure you really want to do it. Um, if here here's what I used to say, and I still do occasionally at the what do you call it? The speeches that we give at school, motivational speaking. If I would say to them, you're all in school, you got you've got a course of study, you know, whatever you've chosen as your major and everything. I said, but. Is there something you guys, if you if you could, if, what if if you really if it, there weren't rules and all, if you could that you would want to do, would you? How many of you have a dream? Everybody would raise their hand, and I'd say to them, "Here's a radical idea. Try it, because if you don't try it, you'll never know, and you it may work out. And wouldn't that be great? And if it doesn't, at least you tried it. And it'll lead you to whatever is going on." And I, it took me 10 years to get the courage to come to California. I mean, I started in Louisiana. I went to Atlanta and all that kind of stuff. But eventually I came out here because, you know, it's scary. The big stuff is scary. But my advice is if you really want to try it and you're willing to give it everything you got, try it. Don't put a time limit on it because, you, know, you know, you've already set yourself up to fail. I guess there is no such thing as failure because if you try something that doesn't work, at least you find out it didn't work. I always say, patience is a virtue that I do not have. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, you do. No, I don't. I want everything right now. <laughs> you can want things, but you also are smart enough to know you can't demand things. Fine. And, and you can't be impatient when you're working. Yeah. You You throttle that. You put that in a drawer somewhere, and that motivates you, doesn't it? I think it's just desire. I don't think it's impatience. That's I don't. Nah. Um, so I want to end this on a, a funny it's question. It's over. It's almost over. <laughs> but I ask every one of my guests on the show this, and I think you're going to think it's really weird. But I always ask people what their favorite now cereal that you is. Set this up. <laughs> What's your favorite cereal? I feel like I can tell a lot from people's choices. Well. Um, I didn't eat a lot of cereal growing up. Okay. I was, I was, you know, baking sandwiches and stuff like that. And my mom. <laughs> in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, Tennessee. I loved my bacon. Um, but the cast of the new class was put on the box, a picture of us on Rice Krispies. So I have a miniature box of Rice Krispies and I have a big box of Rice Krispies with our face on it from Kellogg's. So it's not a weird question, <laughs> but that's not a question to end on. I love that question because you can tell so much about someone. So what is that? What does that tell you about me? That, that you don't like cereal. No, it's not that I don't <laughs> like cereal. I like bacon sandwiches better. Okay. I didn't. Fair I, enough. I wasn't a bit. Look, on the Wheaties box, they used to put all these heroes, you know. So I didn't eat Wheaties, but I liked the fact they put like Bruce Jenner, for goodness sakes. Yeah. And we won't get into all that, but on the cover because he was a. A champion uh, triathlete, not triathlete, uh, decathlon. He was an Olympian. He was a gold medalist. Or or, or uh, who was Mary Lou Retton mm-hmm. and people like that. So that was kind of cool. You know you've made it if well, your yeah, face is on a box yeah. of cereal. And that, hey. Goals. I'm on a the box of cereal. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in today. He drops the mic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> not literally. And he's out. Don't drop the mic. Maria will get mad. I'm not dropping the mic. It's got a bumblebee on it. I'm not touching this thing. Um, but thank you so much for coming in. We have a shameless plug section at the end. So if people do want to follow you it? on Twitter. And- oh, I, I'm on Twitter as uh, at MR Belding, at Mr. Belding. I'm on Instagram as at real MR Belding, at Mr. Belding. It's not spelled out. 
and uh, Facebook. I've just ha- I've just maxed out my personal page, so I now have a public page, Dennis Haskins. So you can go to all those things. But I'm still pursuing the acting. You know, it's, yeah. that's, that's honestly what it's all about, and it all comes from that. And I'm very grateful. Love my hometown and all those different things. So. Well, people love you. I uh, cannot tell you how I many love you. how many indie wrestlers have said that they wish that you really? were their manager. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. you know there was a, there was a time <laughs> and a place for that. You have to come back on one of the wrestling shows because I feel like we could just talk wrestling for hours. But <laughs> I, you ask me if you're going to be there. Day. If you're going to be there, I'll be there. Okay. All right. Awesome. Love you. Thank you so much. You're a wonderful friend. You, you, don't, you don't love you don't. I love you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Like I said, I could probably talk to Dennis about wrestling for I don't even know how many hours. I always say that I don't want this show to be another wrestling podcast, and somehow wrestling just creeps back into it. I don't know if it's me, I don't know if it's my guests, but it just is, I can't help it at this point. It's going to happen. If you don't like wrestling, I'm sorry. Actually, you know what? I'm not sorry. It's my podcast, and I can talk about whatever I want. It's free, so if you don't like it, you don't have to listen. And if you do like it, make sure to rate it five stars on iTunes, because... It really helps me out. It boosts my confidence, my ego. It's taking a couple blows, like I said, from bad auditions and stuff. But Dennis helped me through that. Rate it five stars on iTunes. Take 30 seconds. Comment. Let me know what you think of the show. Helps other people find the show, too. Let's the whole internet know that it's worth a download. Also, tweet me using the hashtag chattingwithkathy to let me know what you thought of the show. Let me know if there are some other people you want me to interview in the future. You can follow me on Twitter at Katherine Kelly, on Instagram at Kathy Kelly. I'm also on Periscope and Snapchat too, so let's be friends there. Huge thank you again to Dennis Haskins for joining me today. Tweet him too. Let him know what you thought of the interview. Thank you to everyone at AfterBuzz as well for helping me produce this little podcast of mine. Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Mark Donica, all awesome dudes. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. You're really the reason why I do this show every single week. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all new episodes. And of course, I'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Chatting with Kathy. Bye!